previously on Junkman. Uh, now, Harlem Heat, I'm not to be bothered. I'm heading into my study. I've got an important phone call to make. And when I'm done, I'm expecting my dinner to be ready. Alright, you sit down here. Let me get out my little black book and take a look at some of my contacts here. Alright. Uh, Harlem Heat, is the phone battery charged? All right, thank you, Stephen. I'm going to use it now. All right, now. Uh, five, five, five. USA Wood. It's ringing, Harlem Heat. You better start cooking. Hello, this is Colonel Rick Flagg. Uh, Colonel Nephew, uh, this is your uncle, Colonel Robert Parker. How are you, uh, son? Uncle Colonel, hey, it's good to hear from you, boy. I, I tell you what, though, Uncle Colonel, you're calling at a really bad time. Uh, I'm up in Midway City, and I got a couple of things going on. I, I really don't have time to talk. Well, uh, Colonel Nephew, uh, I'm, I'm sorry to bother you during such uh, tumultuous times, but there is a pressing matter at hand that must be discussed, son. All right, Uncle Colonel, what you got for me? What's the sit rep? Uh, well... Uh, Colonel Nephew, uh, there's rumors pray tales spreading around the plantation uh, that you've been seen with a woman lately. Oh, yeah, y'all must be talking about Dr. June Moon. You know, uh, Uncle Colonel, uh, she's really something special. So you, you could say she's enchanted my heart, and I'm thinking about asking her to marry me once this whole Midway City thing's taken care of. I appreciate the blessing, and uh, you'll, you'll certainly be invited to the wedding. Uh, well... You see, uh, Colonel Nephew, uh, I, I'm aware of Dr. Jude Moon, and she is a fine, beautiful woman, uh, and I can see why she's enchanted your heart. Uh, Colonel Nephew, that's not the woman I'm talking about. You see, Colonel Nephew, the woman that you've been seen uh, walking around town with is a little bit shorter than Dr. Jude Moon, and, uh, well, you could say she somewhat resembles... Uh, my good friends, Harlem Heat. Oh, that's the wall, Uncle Colonel Amanda Waller. Yeah, she's kind of a bitch. She's been bossing me around the last couple days, getting me in this operation in Midway City. Uh, it's been a... Hold on a second, Uncle Colonel. There's a, there's a car pulling up I got to deal with real quick. Yeah, I'm on the phone. Who is it? Who's that? Oh, Slipknot, the man who can climb anything. Wonderful. Uh, all right, Uncle Colonel. I'm getting pretty busy here. Uh, I got to jump on this plane. Is there anything else you want to mention? Well, uh, Colonel Nephew, uh, I really don't appreciate you working uh, for a Harlem Heat lady, but you've also been seen with a man. Uh, sometimes the man's okay because he's got this mask that's... It's very pale mask, but when it takes the mask off, I... Well, Colonel Nephew, I don't want to be uh, tossing around accusations, but again, it, it looks like he could be a member of Harlem Heat. Yeah, he's working for me. That's Deadshot. Oh! Oh! Colonel Nephew, he's working for you. Oh! Well, why didn't you say so? That's a horse of a different color. Yeah, uh, un Uncle Colonel, hold on a second. I gotta hop on this plane. It might be hard to hear. Real second. All right, all you sons of bitches, sit down. Buckle up. We're heading out. Where is she? Oh, finally. Hey, folks, this is Katana.
She's got my back. All right, Uncle Colonel, we're about to take off, and i got to put my phone in airplane mode. Is there anything else? Uh, well, uh, Colonel Nephew Rick Flag, uh, if, you, if you're working with a Harlem Heat, but you have a Harlem Heat working with you, I suppose that cancels one another out. Uh, you don't die in Midway City, and I'll be looking forward to your wedding. Now you excuse me. I gotta go make sure the boys at Harlem Heat have completed my dinner. All right, Uncle Colonel, I appreciate the call. We'll talk to you later. All right, Colonel Rick Flag. Goodbye. Hm. That's a good boy. Harlem Heat, I'm ready for my sponge bath. This is Dan from Burlington, Vermont, and I'm tuned in to the new TNN. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, come on and let me out. As Christina just said, it's Johnny C back with part two of Suicide Squad here on Junk Man. Of course, Junk Man, the show where we take a look at some movies that are not uh, popularly loved and we decide if they're junk or if they are not. Now, for some strange reason, you missed out on part one of Suicide Squad. I whole highly recommend that you go back and listen to it because some of the gags continue, ladies and gentlemen. And you don't want to be the only one at the party that doesn't understand all the inside jokes. Uh, but I don't want to take much time, uh, you know, since we had our lovely introduction up top ahead of the theme song. So let's go ahead and just sort of recap where we're at in the story. So we're in Midway City. And the Suicide Squad, composed of our favorite question mark DC comic supervillains, have been walking through Midway City and fighting some crazy creatures. And when we left off, the Suicide Squad was desperately trying to figure out what the hell they've been doing battle with. But no one seems to want to clue them in. Also, unfortunately, Slipknot, the man who can climb anything, wonderful, is dead, executed by Colonel Rick Flagg for trying to escape. And uh, Rick Flagg and Deadshot have sort of become fast friends even though they've been at odds with one another for most of the film. And let's resume. So, the building that the Suicide Squad has been heading toward comes into view. Now remember, their main video game objective 
has been to rescue a VIP, a very immense penis. Wait a minute, who wrote that? That's not what VIP means. A very important person needs to be extracted from this building. We don't know who it is. Flag knows who it is, but nobody else does. Now, Brick Flag sees the building, and he's like, All right, everybody, take a knee. I thought for sure, since it's Colonel Rick Flag and he's got that accent and he's asked for everyone to take a knee, that he was going to lead us in some sort of prayer. But thank God that's not what happens. He's like, all right, everybody, let's take a look. That's the building we're going to right there, the John Ostrander Federal Building. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to climb up there and we're going to get that very important person out of there and extract him with the Hilo helicopter. Uh, and then it's Miller time. Definitely not Bud Light time for Colonel Rick Flag, I would imagine. Now, how do I know this? Well, actually, folks, I, I read a lot of comics, and I spend a lot of time on comics websites and deep in the dark heart of comic Reddit, comic book Reddit. And there was actually an audio file recently released of a telephone conversation between Rick Flag himself and a known hater of Bud Light for reasons that are just redonkulous. And uh, let's go ahead and listen to that audio that I captured between uh, uh, Colonel Rick Flag and our mystery guest. Ah, uh, let me get my phone out. What's the fucker's number? Ah, uh, five 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 USA one. It's ringing. Come on, pick up. Flag residence, Doctor June Moon speaking. Sup, bitch? One moment. Rick, it's for you. This flag. Rick Flag, what's up, motherfucker? Sup? Uh, who this? It's Kid Rock, motherfucker, from the old school. Oh, sup, Rock? How you been, man? I ain't seen you in about, oh, six, seven months. You been on tour, making some albums, hitting some deep cuts. You know, Rick Flag, I've always been such a big fan of yours since you rescued my hometown in Midway City. Midway City what, motherfucker? Oh, yeah, I remember you from Midway City. Midway City. Yeah, I remember listening to that first album when you was all like, I am the bow god from Midway City. What can I do for you, Kid Rock? Well, Flag, you probably seen this shit going around on the internet about the Bud Light. Now, I remember in Suicide Squad, you was all like, it's going to be Miller time, so you don't like Bud Light. No, I don't like Bud Light. That's right, motherfucker. You're just like Kid Rock from the old school. Now, Colonel Flag, I ain't exactly able to get any automatic weapons on a, on a sense of some of the misdemeanors I've been offended for over the years. So, what say I hop on my wide glide and I come over to your house and you can you can hit in the sidecar like Joe C. used to do and, and you can bring over some of your guns and we can shoot up some Bud Light from Instagram. Oh, you know, that sounds like a good idea there, uh, Kid Rock, but there's just one problem. Oh, come on, Flag, tell me you ain't woke. Come on, Flag, you ain't woke. Woke Flag. Nah, man, ain't nothing like that. I just, I gotta go. You know, the, there's another mission I gotta go do here with the King Shark and the goddamn Peacemaker. And and you'll never believe who's coming along on this one. Man, that bitch Harley Quinn going along? Yeah, but that ain't who I'm talking about. They sending me on a mission with the goddamn Polka Dot Man. The Polka Dot Man! Man, the Polka Dot Man's got all them... 
beep, little polka dots on there, man, all different colors. He looks like a big old beep. Yeah, I don't like the colors of them polka dots. So I got to go, man. I can't really bring you any of my... Go- Hold on a second. Hey, Dr. June Moon, come here. Hey, baby, well, do me a favor. I want you to grab some of them automatics there we got in the closet and just enchantress them on over to Kid Rock. Can you do that for me, baby? All right, hey, Kid, Kid Rock. Yeah, motherfucker! All right, so here's what's going to happen. I got my little bitch, June Moon. You know, I call her bitch even though she's a doctor. She don't mind. So what's going to be happening here, she's going to enchantress up. And she's going to suddenly appear in your house with a bunch of AK-47s you can use to shoot up that goddamn beep Bud Light. And, uh, you know, I don't want you to be alarmed or anything like that. Who knows when she's going to... Oh, my God! She's here! God damn it, Rick Flag! That's some scary shit. Yeah, it could be a little scary. All right, man, you got like 14 AK-47s. Just throw them right there on the bed, Enchantress. I appreciate that. Yeah! Yeah. Hey, hey, Colonel Flack. Man, she's kind of looking at me. She's kind of looking in the old Cracho region. I'm about to give her my little kid rock. That going to be okay with you? Oh, hell, I don't mind. She's kind of a bitch. Have fun. Ah, motherfucker. Stay, stay cool, motherfucker. Yeah, all right. Bye, kid rock. Oh, oh, oh Colonel Flack. Oh, she's biting it. Yeah, yeah, she kind of does that. She's gonna pretty much gonna do whatever she wants to do with your body. You're basically under her control. Oh, goddamn it! Yeah, you're under her control now. Well, I hope everything goes okay with your video making fun of them goddamn beep. I'm sure I'll come back from this uh, uh, little uh, fucking uh, mission I'm going on alive. I got Peacemaker watching my back. I'm sure he won't kill me. And uh, I'll catch up with you and Enchantress when I get back. Uh, you know, long, long, long live the white people, I guess. All right, I'll see you later, Kid Rock. Oh, God damn it, my dick! Colonel Flag! Colonel Flag! Well, wasn't that just lovely? A lovely diversion here from the Suicide Squad, I suppose. Uh, but at the same time, there is... A very important scene that's coming up, and it's kind of decent, and I wanted to pay it the respect that it deserves, hence my one-off gag, because I don't want to really get gaggy with this one, which is what I tell my dentist and my best buddy every time he comes over to visit. Anywho, Harley Quinn sees a motorcycle on the streets, and she has a flashback to a time she rode a motorcycle. So in the storyline... We're right after the scene where Harley Quinn helped the Joker break out of Arkham Asylum and she got all electrocuted. Harley Quinn's chasing the Joker. The Joker's driving his purple Lamborghini. See the previous episode. And Harley Quinn's on a motorcycle in pursuit. Now, the Joker doesn't look too happy to see Harley Quinn, I presume, because there's a great moment that I will admit is sort of a great little performance from Jared Leto, where Harley Quinn gets up to the driver's window and looks in like, Joker, I see you. And Joker looks over and sees Harley Quinn, and he does the thing where he like covers his face with his hand like, you don't see me, do you? <laughs> I mean, look, it's not great, but I will take it. Harley Quinn purposefully crashes the motorcycle and surfs on it, and so the Joker has to stop. They argue, 
Uh, basically, Harley Quinn's pissed off that she's done everything the Joker has asked. She's taken all of his little initiation rituals. She's done basically done everything that he's asked of her, and she's still pissed off that he's not accepting her. You know, uh, she's like, I, I love you. You know, you just need to deal with that. And, and I'll prove it. I'll do anything else that you ask me to. The Joker's like, you know, I'm not someone who is loved. I'm an idea, a state of mind. And I don't really like the, ver- the Joker verbalizing this because that's sort of like what Heath Ledger's Joker was. And th- every Joker should be a little different, but I don't know. A semi-truck stops because his, pla- his path is being blocked. He gets out of the truck, and he starts yelling shit that a trucker yells like, What are you fuckers doing? Hey, you dumb blonde bitch, get out of my way. Harley Quinn pulls a pistol out of the Joker's uh, pants and just executes this truck driver. And in a pretty funny line, the Joker kind of gets mad at Harley Quinn for doing this. And he's like, Hey, I was going to say I wouldn't do that if I were you. Like he was going to warn the truck driver not to get in Harley Quinn's face. And, you know, Harley Quinn sort of ruined the Joker's gag-based execution of this guy. I don't know. It's kind of fun. Harley puts the pistol to Joker's head. And he's like, oh, you're going to do it? You're going to pull that trigger? Go on, do it. Go on, do it. I'm not scared. I'm the Joker. Do it. Harley has a pretty decent line here. She's like, my heart scares you, but this gun doesn't? Now, this whole Harley Quinn Joker thing has been pretty much confined to flashbacks. And in the first half, we talked about how they were really choppily edited together. Because this stuff was put back in by the director after the fact, it's better. Because it's slower and it has a little bit more room to breathe. But it just goes to show that a story this deep or this complex, because let's not kid ourselves, the Joker-Harley Quinn dynamic should be complex. You know, your average Joe or Jane could look at it and be like, oh, so... They love each other. Or Harley Quinn loves the Joker, and the Joker clearly doesn't love her. And and I've interpreted that different ways based on different mediums, whether it's the cartoon, the comics, that fun Harley Quinn show on HBO Max, which I absolutely would recommend to folks. It's pretty fucking fun. Um, but here, you know, we still don't kind of have a feel... Well, we kind of do, because in the present... Joker's obsessed with finding Harley, so is there love there? Did love grow from this? And and my whole point is this should just be its own movie. It should be its own movie. I'm not necessarily saying with Jared Leto as the Joker, but it should be its own movie, and it's always going to be shortchanged, even in extended scenes like this that are put back in by the director. Back in the present, Harley Quinn comes back to reality, and her son's on crack, and her daughter's got nut stains on her back. I'm sorry, that's an insane clown posse joke. It's the one song I know. Now, Harley Quinn starts to get indignant with the members of the Suicide Squad, clearly just pushing them away from her before they can do it to her. So the seed makes sense. She gets decent interaction with some of the squad members. Like, she's like, she talks to Killer Croc, and she's like, Why do you eat people? I eat people to get their powers, I guarantee. Because, you know, he's just Leatherhead from Ninja Turtles. Do you want to eat me, Crocky? I don't want your crazy, I guarantee. Uh, she kind of flirts with Katana. It's fun. 
They arrive at the John Ostrander Federal Building. Of course, John Ostrander, the gentleman responsible for creating the Suicide Squad in the 80s. So I like the Prince energy there. It's kind of cute. The building is empty. The squad starts to spread out. All of a sudden, the loudest elevator ding in history is heard. You've never heard an elevator ding this loud because it doesn't happen in reality. And we notice that Harley Quinn is not with the rest of the group. We cut to the elevator and she's in the elevator waving. Now this begins, well actually it began with a flashback. This The center of the movie is very Harley Quinn centric and I appreciate that. And, and this sort of carries that narrative forward. But she's she's Again, she's pushing these guys away, and she's doing this by, like, escaping in an elevator that's going... Like, I don't really know what the point of this, like, her rebelling in this particular way is, but at least we got the loudest elevator in history. Now, as Harley Quinn waves, we get another sick needle drop, and and I will admit, I will admit, I kind of like this needle drop because it was on a, an MTV Party to Go album that I had when I was a youngster. It's K7's Come baby come baby baby come 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 baby come baby baby come Come you gotta give me lovin' and you gotta give me some You gotta give me lovin' and you gotta give me some So if you're in the mood for a mid-90s hip-hop uh, drop Hip-hop needle drop I guess this is fine But was whoop there it is too expensive Because it's sort of in the same vein I don't know uh, she gets a text from the Joker that he's very close. It actually, it's it's kind of funny because she gets a text and it's the Joker. It says Joker in it. He's like, I'm close. And it just makes me think of them like doing some crazy sex act. And Harley Quinn's having to do something she's really not entertained by. And Joker's like, I'm close, baby. And Harley's like, oh, thank God. This isn't really doing much for me, Joker. Will you hurry up and come already? I'm hungry. I made some cinnamon rolls this morning, and I had a leftover cinnamon roll, and I've been waiting for it all day. Will you just come, Joker? Come on, puddin'. Give me that puddin'. (laughs) I'll see myself out now. (laughs) But unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, the jerking-off party that Harley Quinn is having in the elevator is interrupted when some incubi, the spawn of incubus... Those fucking rock soldiers that they've been fighting the whole movie are in the building. And Harley fights some in the elevator. And it's some decent close quarters combat with some slow motion. Uh, After the fight, they're even closer to getting to the VIP. And that's nice. So the squad rallies back together. And Deadshot takes a moment to put on his mask. Because there's an incoming fight. Kind of a funny moment. Harley Quinn looks at Deadshot putting on the mask. And she goes... You pussy. Hey, hey, you better watch yourself. I will punch you in the face. I don't care if you're a lady. It's kind of funny. I mean, it's, 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 I'm grasping at straws here, but I love that Harley calls him out for being a pussy for putting his mask on. Like, you want to protect your face? Then use a pussy. You know, when the joke is like, hey, Harley, I'm close. You think I put my hands over my face in case he's going to blow it all over there? No. I actually kind of like it, Deadshot. You know, Deadshot, I know you's never miss. The Joker never misses either. 
You know, there was a week I walked around with the Joker all over my face for an entire week. I even robbed a couple banks. And I was like, stick them up, bank teller lady. And the bank teller lady was like, hey, Howls, what's that stuff on your face? And I was like, oh, thanks for noticing. It's this new beauty treatment. It's the Joker's jizz. You want to lick? Anywho, the fight scene starts, and believe it or not, it's actually scored to the film's actual score. There's no sick needle drop. It's not really important, but, you know, I'll mention it when it happens. Harley Quinn gets a cool moment. She does a Hurricane Rana to an Incubi, and she flips into shooting an Incubi, and then she lands and swings backwards and throws her baseball bat and, like, Matrix dodges an Incubi, like, octopus tentacle i don't know it's fine rick flag again gets swarmed by incubi soldiers and pulled into another room and the video game logic kicks in hey harley they're after rick flag again and i pressed pause earlier and saw the mission objectives and that's one of the mission objectives we can't let harley quinn die jesus deadshot so they all circle around Rick Flagg and pose so we can get the box art for the DVD release, I suppose. But the Suicide Squad is cornered. And so Deadshot, shades of his mentor Phil Jackson, starts to use the triangle offense and starts to talk to El Diablo, trying to get him pissed off so he shoots fire, and he does. And you get this shot of, of El Diablo in slow motion unleashing the flames on the Incubus troops. And, and you know what? This shot is not nearly as cool as the movie thinks it is. So, so that's kind of a bummer. Now we have to climb the steps because I guess the elevator is broken. And we get the classic shot of the Suicide Squad climbing up the steps. Now, I call it a classic shot not because the particular shot is classic, but this archetype is classic in any movie where people have to climb up steps. There's like a ton of steps and everybody's like, oh. I mean, even the Ghostbusters did it. So Harley Quinn is climbing the steps, and she looks down, and we get another classic steps shot. However, when Harley Quinn looks down, she sees various vats of chemicals at the Ace Chemical Factory back in Gotham City, because it's time for another flashback to her origin. Now, pause! Folks, ladies and gentlemen, here on the new TNN, Johnny C. often presses pause when he wants to just kind of make a point that you need to listen to, before he unpauses. So here's the thing. I'm going to describe this flashback. And you know, I need your help. I'm trying to figure out, is the next scene good? Or am I just really, really, really taking what I can get in this thing? Because I'm kind of worried. Because this movie sucks. I might like this next scene. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm a little confused, okay? So let's talk about it when I unpause. All right, so now we're going to talk about it. So in Ace Chemical, the uh, Harley Quinn and Joker characters are looking over into a, a massive, massive amount of vats of chemicals, but they're on like a terrace overhead. And they're in the same outfits they were in in the earlier flashbacks. So this is a continuation of that. The Joker says, would you die for me? Yes, yes, I would. No, 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 that's, you know, that's too easy. Would you live for me. Now, I like that. I like that very much. And I don't know why. And again, I'm not, don't get me wrong, like, I'm not in love with this. But I kind of like the distinction. 
would you die for me is too easy because living for me in this life, knowing that I'm the Joker, knowing that, you know, I mean, you see where I'm going with this. Like, that's the harder choice to make. And I like even more that Harley Quinn, or Dr. Harleen Quinzel, she hesitates before she answers, would you live for me? Because, yeah, she gets it too. That's the harder question. You know, if I'm dead, it's over. You know, I don't know. Like I said, I just kind of like it. I don't want to polish it up too much. Uh, but she says yes. Now, careful, careful. Do not say this so thoughtlessly. He then puts his hand with the smile tattoo over her face. And he's like, You see, desire becomes surrender. And surrender becomes power. Do you want this? Obviously, the Joker failed out of the Yoda school of listing things that lead to other things because there's three. You know, fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Joker, I understand I do. Desire becomes surrender, and surrender becomes power. A third item you're missing. You know, Yoda, I don't like the way you're talking to me, Yoda. You taught me a lot of things, but now it's sounding like you don't appreciate where I'm coming from. What's the matter, Yoda? We got beef? Oh, we got beef? Oh, we got beef? Beef there is not, Joker. Understand, I do not. Beef is food, Joker. Beef is not to have. No, Yoda sounds like we got a little beef here. Joker, there is no beef. I'm getting tired of this. Taught you many times I have. You know, Yoda, I like you a little bit more now that you're standing up to me. Let's squash the beef. That beef... Okay, Joker, very well. Beef is squashed. Continue with the lessons. We shall. Uh, but Harley says, much like you do at a wedding, I do. Say it. Say it. Say it. Pretty, 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 pretty. Please. Oh, God, you're so good. I don't really like the back half of the conversation as much, but I do like the front half. But then Harley Quinn spreads her arms has a smile on her face, and she leaps into the chemicals. Now, some a song starts to play here, okay? The song has words, and it says, it's a lady, and it's kind of like a slow hip-hop beat. She's like, I'm feeling gangsta. And I'm like, oh, you're feeling gangsta in the song because Harley Quinn's doing a gangsta thing. And I'm like, ooh, I'm starting to like this a little bit less. But the Joker watches Harley plunge into the chemicals and just walks away. Like, all right, well, I got rid of her. But he stops, and he grunts. And he takes his coat off, and he dives himself. I'm fucked up. I'm black and blue. I'm built for all the abuse. This song is Gangsta by Kalani. Apparently, Lady Gaga's monster was too expensive. You know, like, he ate my heart. He ate my heart out. That boy is a monster. That boy is a monster. My, my, my monster. I mean, it fits a little bit more. Okay. But the Joker and Harley Quinn emerge from the chemicals with a plethora of colors from their wardrobe melting and merging into the chemicals. And they sort of look like they've been melted and merged together as one. They start to make out in the chemical vat. And the Joker... He starts to laugh. And Harley wakes up with her gun drawn in Deadshot's face. And Deadshot's like, whoa, whoa, hey, you with us? Like, he was just trying to, like, 
get her to wake up out of her little daze and her flashback. And she's like, you ever been in love, Deadshot? You don't sleep like a kitten every night after killing as many people as I have if you feel shit like love. And then, that's that. So, talking it out here without the visuals to go with it. And, you know, I, the, the song I made fun of... Mm, okay, given the tone of the Suicide Squad movie that's preceded this scene, the song works because it's it's much better than what we've had and it's like if you're going to do like this song that you wrote for this scene that's like modern, okay, and it has like modern sensibilities to it, I guess it's it could be a lot worse, okay? I actually don't think Lady Gaga's monster is a better fit either despite my joke. I think, you know, a dramatic score is better. So, I don't know what you think. Uh, this is my final verdict on this flashback scene. I think it starts strong, and it gets meandering and David Ayer-ish towards the middle, and ultimately, it just it needs to be its own movie. I, I do like the Would You Live For Me. I, I appreciate that, and I appreciate the complexities there, and I appreciate that Margot Robbie's performance gives us the complexity with it. So, if it's the climax of its own movie, maybe it goes a little bit further. But, you know, it, it should be at the movie. So, back to reality... Your son's on crack, and your daughter's got nut stains on her back. I know it's the same insane clown posse joke, and I don't know why I did it in the Mr. Socko voice, but because I kind of knew I was doing something bad there. But we're at the top of the building, and Flag dis- uh, dispatches the army boys who were in the group to go to the roof and, and set up for the evac, and he's like, all right, Suicide Squad, y'all hang back. I'm going to go get the VIP from this room right here. And it turns out the VIP is actually Amanda Waller. So every time we've cut to her in, like, her computer room giving orders to flag during this movie, she's in Midway City herself. Why was she there, though? Her base of operations is not Midway City. Well, thank God she actually explains. She didn't want to leave Midway City when everybody else did because she was studying the Enchantress. You know, she was very interested by the fact that the Enchantress has the ability to turn people into incubi. You know, like ink, little incubus rock monster things? And Flag's all like, I don't know, Waller. She's turned them into incubi, but what if what if it's just a phase and they turn back into humans? And Waller's like, just a phase? And he's like, yeah, you know, incubus, just a phase. I am bottle, fizzy water, and you are shaking me up. You are a fingernail running down the chalkboard. I thought it left in third grade, and now my holy... Consolation is this that could not last forever, even though you're singing and thinking how well you got it made. Just a face, help me, help us, who wanted who, yeah. Deadshot sneaks into the VIP room, and he's kind of pissed that Waller's the VIP, and he calls uh, Rick Flag two faced. And I'm like, no, no, not Harvey Dent's Two-Face. Amanda Waller is the wall. But the wall executes her staff with a gun. You know, I mean, that's just what you do. Deadshot's like, wow, that is a mean lady. A pretty boss line by Flag here. He takes a beat and he's like, yeah, you get used to it. This is kind of funny. But the rest of the Suicide Squad is none the happy to see Waller, that they've risked their lives just to rescue the lady that put the bombs in their necks. And now that Rick Flagg and Amanda Waller are standing in the same room with the rest of the Suicide Squad, Captain Boomerang actually has a hell of an idea. 
If they kill both Waller and Flag, I mean, that's it. Nobody's got control of the bombs. They can just go free. But Katana steps up. Remember, this is Katana. She's got my back. Well, she proves it right here. She, you know, she goes out her sword and she's ready to rumble. But Waller's like, nah, I've got this. You see, Amanda Waller pulls out her phone and she literally has a killer app. She has the bombs controlled via an app on her phone. So, you know, they back down. Standing on the rooftops now. Everybody's screaming there. Standing on the rooftops. Everybody scream yo. The evac chopper is about to land. But there's a problem with the chopper. They're not responding to the radio frequencies. So Flag, of course, catches on. Something's up with this helicopter. And he's like, light it up. Well, guess who's in the helicopter? It's the Joker and his goons. They have a, a sweet Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator 2 minigun. You know, the minigun. Ain't got time to bleed. Jesse Ventura has one in Predator as well. Uh, they open fire, that being the Joker and his goons. And, you know, they kill some some of the military guys with this gun, but none of the, none of the suicide squatters get it or anything like that. Now, the back of the helicopter opens up, and wouldn't you know, it's the Joker in his black tuxedo with, like, a silver machine gun, and he's just laughing, maniacally shooting people, and I appreciate that visual, you know? Uh, The Joker has one of his goons disarm Harley Quinn's neck bomb, because remember, they broke into that Wayne Enterprises place and stole the doctor, so uh, Joker's like, now, baby, come and see the Joker, and Harley Quinn does a slow-motion walk in front of the bullets, because, you know, she's a cool character in a movie that's from the streets. She can walk in slow motion in front of bullets. It's not a big deal. Flag tries to shoot her, but he can't. Harley gets to the edge of the building and leaps onto a rope, Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where'd they get this rope? Oh, they must have they must have double-backed. All right, folks, this is a joker. I'm in charge of this uh, helicopter now, see? We need a rope, see? We need a rope. Where are we going to get a rope? I know we're going to go to the grocery store and get some beef, but where are we going to get the rope? Hey, wait a minute. I think I see a, a little hanging body there. Oh, it's Slipknot. He's the man who can climb everything. Wonderful. Let's get his rope. This must be Slipknot's rope. And Harley flutters away to freedom, flipping everybody the bird. It's fun. Now, Amanda Waller orders Deadshot to kill Harley Quinn because she ain't getting away. And, you know, Deadshot's like, I kill people for money. You know, we ain't got no contract. So she gives him a contract. Kill her now, and you walk away from this with your daughter, and and you're done. You're done. And Deadshot's like, ah, that bitch dead. But Deadshot looks kind of, Bummed. He doesn't really want to kill Harley Quinn. Uh, he does fire, and she acts like she's dead. Like, like she does a bug, Bugs Bunny, like, Oh, you got me. Oh, what a wild. I'm dead. And she plays dead. But then she 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 sprints, you know, she springs back up like, You missed me. And I guess... See, I don't... I've never really been clear. Like, is Deadshot a metahuman that can't miss... And if he puts his mind to shooting like a target, it doesn't miss? Or did he miss on purpose? Because if he missed on purpose, it's not a big deal. But if he's a metahuman that can't miss, he would have had to have targeted something else and hit that. I don't know. I don't really care. I just thought I'd, you know. So, uh, Amanda Waller orders uh, a missile strike on the Joker's chopper. Uh, Harley swings up and she's like, put in! And they make out. 
He's like, all right, baby. I'm glad we're back together. I've got some grape soda on ice and a bearskin rug waiting for us. A missile hits. Uh-oh, honey. This bird is baked. It's just me and you, honey. He's just doing Elvis. He said hunka hunka earlier. He's just doing some kind of weird Joker Elvis voice. Uh, so Harley Quinn falls out of the back of the helicopter after it gets hit by the missile, and she falls in slow motion like, oh, no! She lands on a roof safely, but the chopper crashes into a building. Puddin' is down! Puddin' is down! I repeat, Puddin' is down! And the Joker appears to be dead, and Harley's sad. Oh, Puddin'! Uh, there's another chopper inbound. Uh, everyone assumes back on the Suicide Squad roof that Joker and Harley Quinn are dead. And they're like, oh, all right, well, I guess she was hot and everything. But, you know, you live and you learn. You move on. When the, when the new chopper lands, hilariously, only Amanda Waller is allowed to get on. She's like, I'll send another chopper for you fucks. The chopper takes off, and there's a pretty boss shot of the helicopter deploying its countermeasures in case any more rockets fly fire. But these countermeasures don't account for incubi arms. Because one of the incubus soldiers, like, stretches his arm out like he's goddamn Mr. Fantastic. And, you know, the fucking helicopter crashes, and they all swarm it, and they capture Amanda Waller. Uh, the Suicide Squad and what's left of Rick Flagg's military group are like, all right, well, I guess we got to go get Amanda Waller again. Deadshot rightfully is like, nah, man, you gave us our mission objectives, and it was to get her out of the building. She out the building. All right. She out the building. That's why I call it Close Encounter. But whatever. They all agree, and it's time to walk through Midway City. Some This, this whole movie. All right. We had the PowerPoint presentations at the beginning. We met the Suicide Squad. Everybody got to know one another. And then the rest of the movie is just walking through Midway City. You know? It's too bad. Was down on Main Street too expensive? Because they could have played down on Main Street as they're walking through. I kind of like that song. Down on Main Street. Down on Main Street. Anywho, um, the Suicide Squad starts walking, and Harley has already made her way back to the building where they were, and she's like sitting on a top of a car in like a uh, in like a pinup position, like, "Hey, boys, did you miss me?" Uh, she acts like she doesn't give a fuck that the Joker's dead, and just rejoins the Suicide Squad, even though she escaped it. Deadshot's like, "I'm glad to see you, hotness. You know, you're pretty sexy lady. Like, I know that." from reading stuff online. Oh, God. How, that's not a good sentence starter. Let me rewind that. I understand from hearing excerpts of interviews from filmmaker David Ayer, at least I'm citing a credible source. Well, I don't know if he's credible, but he is a director, that originally there was going to be some, like, hookups between Deadshot and Harley. That's just between Deadshot and Harley Quinn. That's just ill intent. Like, there's no need for this. There's no need for them to be side pieces for one another. Like, it's... I, I, you know, and it's weird saying that as we live in this era of film where, like, it, you know, it, film is completely sexless right now. Like, nobody in Marvel, ha- like, people don't have sex. Like, it just doesn't happen in movies, and it's, it's weird. Okay, it's just weird. But these, the, the movie doesn't need this additional spice in it. Back in the Enchantress's evil lair, 
Uh, now they've kidnapped Waller, they have the heart of Enchantress. You remember the heart of Enchantress? That's been a thing for a few. Incubus uses his magic to put Enchantress's heart in her chest, like right in the middle? Is that a thing? But Enchantress is fired up now. And the giant laser that's in the sky, she's using to build her machine that will destroy their machines. And she's doing her hip swivels, and she's like, Shakira is now playing the Enchantress, apparently. But... Enchantress talks to Amanda Waller and Incubus, and I guess anyone with an earshot, and she's got some bass in her voice. Now she's got her heart back. She's like, With my heart returned, I can finish my weapon. Now, Amanda Waller, tell me how to destroy your armies. Because I guess Amanda Waller's got the secrets in her head. Do your worst, bitch. So, the Enchantress has some, like, little tentacles fly out of her body and into Amanda Waller. Hey! Somebody call Big Movie Kevin Nash because he's into the tentacle porn, apparently. This is his type of flick. But back up on the streets, the Suicide Squad finds the Joker's down chopper and they start to, you know, get some of the weapons and stuff. I guess gearing up for Act 3. So many choppers in this movie. So many unique accents on the characters. How, how come no one yelled, Get to the chopper! You got flag. All right, everybody, get to the chopper. You got dead shot. All right, everybody, let's get to the chopper. You got the Joker. Hunka, hunka, chopper. Harley Quinn. Hey, everybody, we got to get to the chopper. It's right over there. Captain Boomerang. You got to get to the chopper. Killer Croc, you know. Ah, oh, we all need to get over to that there chopper, I guarantee. Deadshot finds a... T- oh, it's Amanda Waller's chopper, not the Joker's. Because Deadshot finds a binder, literally labeled top secret, with red letters and an exclamation point. He throws it a flag, and he's like, tell him everything, flag. Flag lays out the whole mess. Alright, so there's like an enchantress, and she's got an incubus. And, oh, man, these monsters we've been fighting are because of them. But we do flash back to the part in part one where Enchantress bailed on Rick Flag. So she had a bomb in her hands. Like, the reason she was warping to see Incubus was to lay out, was to drop a bomb and then, you know, warp back and fuck Rick Flag some more. But that's when she decided to, to go rogue, if you will. Deadshot's like, ah, we're fighting aliens and shit. You want to talk about a close encounter? I need a drink. Deadshot, man, I need your help. Come on, Deadshot, help me out. This is Rick Flag you're talking to. Nah, man, what you need is a miracle, and I need a drink. Was Cascada's I Need a Miracle too expensive to play here? Oh, you, uh, no. I, I need a miracle, I need a miracle. It's so physical, what I need. <laughs> but the Suicide Squad all go into this bar. Uh, I guess it's Bud Light time. Or Miller time. Even Katana is mad at Rick Flag for not telling her about the Incubus stuff. But it's like you've been fighting rock monsters. I mean, how, rock monster. How bad could how mad could you really be? 
Now, as the Suicide Squad abandons Rick Flag in the rain, because it's raining now, a lot of the papers from this top-secret binder start to, like, blow into the wind and, and fall into puddles. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a picture of Rick Flag and Dr. June Moon in the rain puddle getting destroyed. And I'll tell you what, folks, they're in, like, a forest, and they're, like, posing like it's the prom. When did they have time to get glamour shot engagement-style photos taken? And if they did... Was the Enchantress like an angry Bridezilla the entire time to the photographer? Was, was she like, okay, so, you know, this is my good side. And, you know, I told you when I applied, when, when we filled out the forms and applications online, I told you my good side was my left side. And you're shooting me from the right side. Now, I have a Ph.D., and I understand that not everyone understands left from right, but sweetie, I told you on the online application, this is my good side. You don't want to talk to the Enchantress, okay? Rick Flag's in the background like, yeah, this is my life. It's the life I've chosen. You know, I made a commitment between my, in front of my friends, in front of my Uncle Colonel Rob Parker, and in front of the Lord, you know, to, to only have sex with June Moon the Enchantress, and this is sort of where I'm at now. Hey, that photographer lady's kind of hot. What'd you say, Rick, honey? Oh, I didn't say nothing. I was just, you know, uh, I, I was sending a voicemail to my Amanda Waller, you know. Oh, don't worry, she's the ugly one. I ain't talking to no ladies. Hey, that photographer's pretty sexy. I don't know. Hold on, June. I, I'm coming for the pictures again. I, I, you gotta imagine something like that was going down. Anywho, now I know I've been pretty hard on this movie. And I have... You know, take a note, when things slow down and get a little more introspective on the characters, I've been a little bit nicer to it, and this is definitely a scene like that. However, I, I don't like this scene at all. They're in the bar. We've got some music in the background. It's apparently a jaunty tune uh, by Etta James called I'd Rather Go Blind. Was Chumbawamba's thump-thumping too exp- Oh, wait, you know, it's sad drinking, though. Was Billy Joel's Piano Man too expensive? Well, sing a song of a dead shot. And Holly Quinn's drinking tonight. There's a crocodile sitting look at me. And El Diablo's kind of on fire. And is that that dude from Looney Tunes? The chicken who says, I'll say, I'll say, all right. No, it's a Colonel flag. And Katana's God is back, yeah. Hey, Captain Boomerang, you're piano man. Harley Quinn is the hostess with the mostest. She's pouring drinks for everybody. She's like, hey, everybody, what do you want to drink? El Diablo orders a water. That's probably a good idea, sweetie. Uh, Killer Croc. They call Killer Croc KC. Just call him Croc. He orders a beer. Boomer has a Foster's. Oh, it's hilarious. Uh, this is pretty funny. Harley Quinn's like, hey, Ninja, you want a sake? It's Katana, but no, she wants whiskey. Uh, Harley Quinn has a has a Fufu umbrella drink. I like that. I like this. No, I was going to say, I was going to talk about uh, umbrellas and drinks, but that's from Tom Cruise's cocktail, and people would accuse me of stealing that shtick. Elizabeth Shoes in that cocktail. My tape of cocktail got a little crinkly when Elizabeth Shoe was on screen. I wonder why. This is sort of like a come to Jesus meeting for the Suicide Squad. Uh, you know, Deadshot's like, we're patsies, we're bad guys, we're like some kind of hot tub time machine Suicide Squad. But it, 
Like, they're all pissed off that they've been used. But it's really unearned. Like, and I mean that. Like, duh. Duh. Were you... Were you I just... I don't know. Deadshot's all lament, lamenty over the fact that he won't get to be a dad. He should have never trusted Rick Flagg. And El Diablo loses his shit. He's like, man, you should have never trusted Flagg. He was dangling carrots in front of you. He's really laying it into Deadshot. And he's like, Deadshot, how many people have you killed? And Deadshot rightfully so is like, hey, you don't ask somebody that essay. He's like, all right, you killed a lot of people. But let me guess, you don't kill women or kids. And Deadshot's like, nah, no women, no kids. It's like, oh, come on, man. This is, you know, because it's Will Smith. You know, I just... And I'm not advocating for killing women and children. I'm just saying, like, you know. But Diablo's like, well, you know what? I kill women and kids. Because he's from the streets. And it's time for El Diablo's tragic, tragic backstory. He's like, well, you know, I grew up with this flame power. And I, I grew up on the streets. And the more power I got on the streets, the more firepower I got. Now, he literally says this like he's equating one to the other. And this has been pretty video gamey, so it appears that throughout his life, El Diablo, at the end of each stage of his life, cashed in his experience points to upgrade his firepowers. I mean, he certainly wasn't spending them on his wardrobe, okay? He's like, nobody could tell me what to do except my old lady. Now, his old lady is a young lady, and that always pisses me off when someone's like, it's my old lady. <laughs> it should always be an old lady. But we flash back to El Diablo and his kids and his old lady at the dinner table. And his old lady's pissed off. She's dumping like a bag of money and guns. And she's like, you're not supposed to bring this stuff in my house. I'm leaving you. I'm out of here. And he's like, you ain't leaving nobody. Cut to a really, really dramatic shot of El Diablo holding his wife's corpse. As the camera pulls out, we see they're laying amidst the rubble of El Diablo's burning house. Ladies and gentlemen, El Diablo's wife is completely unburned. Her skin is 100% intact. Where's the balls on this movie? First of all, if El Diablo killed his wife, shouldn't she be a burning corpse? How'd she die? The score is oh so very dramatic. The house continues to burn. Was Talking Heads burning down the house too expensive? Because it really would have fit here. In the bar, he makes like, you know, Mr. Freeze has an ice sculpture of his wife in like a clock thing he carries around. He makes a sculpture out of his wife in flames, but then when he puts her in the little like sculpture thing that covers it up, you know, the fire burns out because fire needs oxygen. Message! But it brings the whole room down and everybody's really quiet. Captain Boomerang's like, what happened to your kids, mate? And everybody looks at Captain Boomerang like he's an idiot. I just kind of laugh. Harley Quinn's like, he killed them. And then he, she gets really indignant, like, you need to own it. You killed them. And what you think was going to happen? You thought you could have a little family and coach Little League and make car payments? That life doesn't work for people like us. And I'm just like, oh, 
she she's she's really mad at herself because she thought she could have all that with the Joker and she's taking it out on El Diablo. <coughs> hey man, this shit's deep. The Suicide Squad shit's gonna win an Oscar. It's deep. You want some of this? And hey, I'm not mocking smoking and and being creative, but I am mocking smoking and being creative and coming up with this script. Boomer's like, hey, lay off of him, Harley Quinn. You know what? You're really awesome on the outside, but inside you're really ugly. Harley's like, you know what, Boomers? We all are. Well, except for him. He's ugly on the outside, too. And it is Killer Croc. And again, I kind of laugh. And he's like, uh-uh. I'm beautiful. I guarantee. Rick Flag walks in. He's like, hey, you fuckers are drinking Bud Light. What'd I tell you about that? But it's clear that nobody wants Flag in the bar with them ruining the Suicide Squad re- weekend retreat. Deadshot's like, uh, oh no, he asked Deadshot. He's like, well, when you read that top secret file, did you get to that part where it said I was sleeping with the Enchantress? And Deadshot's you know, I ain't never had no witch before. What's that like? It is pretty funny. Uh, but then Deadshot puts two and two together and he figures out that each level of this video game has been difficult. You know, because remember, if Flag dies, they die. That He's like, oh, I get it. All the Enchantress Incubi people want you. They want to take you to see the Enchantress. And Rick Flag's like, yep. Uh-huh, they won't take me to the Enchantress. But I'll tell you what, guys. I love Dr. June Moon so much that she ain't even going to be in the sequel. Uh, but he's desperate, and he's like, folks, I'm desperate. And he takes the killer app off of his wrist, the little device, and he smashes up the bomb stuff. Like, So, Rick Flagg can't kill any of them now. The bombs are still there. Sure, Amanda Waller could kill him, but Rick Flagg's like, I ain't gonna kill any of you no matter what. You're free to go without taking a beat. Captain Boomerang sprints out of the bar, and, and it's pretty funny. And you know what? That should have been a rap on Captain Boomerang. He should have never appeared again in anything. And I like Captain Boomerang. And I'm not making fun of Jai Courtney for this moment to really work. When he's like, you're free to go. That's a rap on Captain Boomerang in the DC Universe. We'll see you in 20 years when we reboot. He then hands, that being Rick Flagg, pronouns pal. Rick Flagg hands Deadshot a stack of letters from his daughter that, that they've held back from Deadshot. He just carries these letters around? Did he anticipate this moment? Like, was he like, hey, Waller, I see over there a bunch of dead shot letters. I'm going to take these just in case, you know, because what if I get in a situation where I'm like, hey, dead shot, oh, man, there's all these letters. Be my friend now. Like, that's pretty genius, but even dead shot calls him out on it. He's angry and emotional. He's like, you, you held these back from me. But then dead shot's like, all right, I'm going to help you, and then this is over. All of it. My daughter is going to know her dad's not a piece of shit. Okay. I mean, that's one way to put it. The score gets really dramatic. Harley Quinn is in. Killer Croc is in. El Diablo's in. Katana's in. So let's slow motion profile walk down the streets of Midway City towards Act 3. God damn it. Captain Boomerang. Walks back into the fray, but opens a can of beer and joins the slow motion walk. Shouldn't have come back. Hilarious detail here. Because this is the big hero walk. Every movie's got the heroes walking in front of the camera moment. If you were to freeze frame this, like let's say the movie's in production. And you freeze frame this hero walk shot. 
and you're about you're in you're at San Diego Comic Con, and you're about to announce Suicide Squad to a, to thousands of ravenous fans at Hall H, and they're like, "All right, folks, coming this summer, Suicide Squad!" And everybody freaks out, and they show a picture of them walking on the fr- fucking big screen. You gotta imagine everybody would be like, <laughs> and stop clapping because. Katana is the only one that you could pick up out of a lineup that looks anything like their comic book counterpart. Sure, in retrospect, and you know, with hindsight is twenty twenty, you could probably pick out Harley Quinn if you know comics. Uh, but Harley Quinn has been molded to look more like Margot Robbie in the last couple years. I just don't know, like, who is this for? It's really the icing on the cake that this movie is just so ill-intended but a slow motion walk towards the camera can mean truly only one thing it's time for act three now as act three begins it's important to remember in these types of movies you absolutely cannot have a big boss fight if your squad doesn't have a plan so Captain Boomerang, like we get to, we get really close to where Enchantress's little machine is, and Captain Boomerang all of a sudden has a drone boomerang with like a security camera, and he has a Samsung phone of which he can watch said footage from said boomerang. Okay, I mean, th- whatever, whatever, I'll go with it. But it's like blah 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 jargon, blah blah. We can't get too close, blah blah blah. And here's the plan. So you don't have to watch it. Here's the streamlined version. Remember when Enchantress was supposed to warp with a bomb and kill Incubus like five minutes ago? So that bomb is still underground. So Rick Flagg's going to send his army boys to get the bomb. Now, the subway is flooded. So the boys can take that bomb and swim it to underneath where the bad guys are. And they can use the bomb to, quote, blow up the big one. Because Enchantress is human-sized and Incubus is like 10 feet tall. Now, Killer Croc is going to go with them. Because I live in the sewer. Okay, I mean, Aquaman's not here, so if you need a water-based scenario, it's fine. Um, and then I guess they'll blow up the machine and rescue Enchan- June Moon from the Enchantress. That's, that's the plan. It's a shitty plan for a shitty movie. Now, after Killer Croc and the boys go to recover the bomb... We get a couple last-second hype, you know, and they almost got me here a few times, all right? Like, the squad's getting ready, gearing up, prepping all their stuff, and Katana is praying to her husband, who's, you know, well, I don't know if you know this yet, but Katana's praying to her sword, like, my husband, if I die, I will finally be with you. And Rick Flagg's all like, that's the sword that killed her husband, so she talks to him. And Captain Boomerang says, well, you know what they say about the crazy ones. And Harley Quinn goes, huh? And that's pretty much the end of that. Now, they kind of... How do I say this? There's score playing underneath, and the score is not good, but I, I'm genetically predisposed to liking when I see shit on the screen that's like the shit in the comic book. And seeing Katana do this is very Katana-like. But I was drawn into the scene, and Captain Boomerang says, like I said, well, you know what they say about the crazy ones. Now, I don't know what he's like. I, The line really makes no sense, but Harley's response of, huh, is played a little too comically. Like, you know, the gag is, 
Harley thinks that Boomer's talking to or about her because he says the crazy ones and she's crazy. But imagine the same scene. Like, Margot Robbie is a much more talented actor than I. But the deliver on her, huh? Like, if she delivers it quieter and a little sadder without sounding sad or sounding confused... It's pulling on my emotional heartstrings because there's nothing she can do about who she is, but it doesn't work. So we all march on the last level. Deadshot and Rick Flag get one last convo in. Flag's like, you know, Deadshot, I never believed in love until I met June Moon. Because Deadshot says he doesn't believe in love. Oh, it's, it's synergy. Uh, they get to the Enchantress's lair and they all hide behind some pillars. And Enchantress is like, hey, I see you. I don't know if you would have wear this, but I'm a very powerful witch. We don't have to actually do this, because there's nothing you can do to stop me. But what if we didn't actually fight? And I swear to God, even though I've referenced the song Halls of Illusions by ICP twice, well, Enchantress takes them to the Halls of Illusions. She shows them each a little fantasy. In Deadshot's fantasy, he's back at Christmas in the pimp suit on the streets of Gotham, and he's killed Batman. We even see Ben Affleck in that heavy suit laying on the ground. And kudos to you, Ben Affleck, for agreeing to do this, because I can't imagine it's very easy to get down there or get back up once you're down. It's like a turtle, like, I'm stuck. Uh, Rick Flagg sees A Life with June Moon, where they lay in bed together. Harley Quinn, ladies and gentlemen, sees a life where she's married in the suburbs with a couple of kids, and she's wearing an apron, she's like June Cleaver, and she's married to the Joker, but the Joker is just Jared Leto with his hair slicked back, and Jared Leto actually appears not in character. I don't buy this for a second. From a perspective of the Harley Quinn character. I don't... I mean, she loves the Joker... Not the Jared Leto skin underneath. Like, I don't know what... The DC Universe has never done a good job of defining Harley Quinn and Joker's relationship because it's an afterthought in this film. And in the Birds of Prey movie, they didn't want to bring back Jared Leto's Joker, so they just wrote him out of the script. It's it's bad. Poor Margot Robbie and Harley Quinn. Like, if you're a big fan of HQ, I'm sorry. They didn't give you much, but kudos to Margot Robbie for always making it work. But I don't believe this for a second. This is dumb. This is bad. And I'm sorry, that I can only root it in comic book logic. I just don't think this is, I don't think this would be true. I think that this sort of existence would drive Harleen Quinzel crazy. Uh, El Diablo has a dream. Uh, he dreams his kids are still alive and they're falling asleep on his lap. And his wife walks in and she says, hey, how about I take the uh, kids to their beds and then uh, we can kick it. Now, El Diablo can immediately tell that this is all fake. Not because his kids and his wife are dead, but because no wife in the history of ever has been like, hey, how about I uh, do all the work of putting the kids to bed and then I come fuck your brains out. It doesn't happen. That's not reality. Diablo's like, no, this isn't real. I killed them. I can't pretend I did it. And El Diablo wakes up. He tries to shake everybody like, wake up. He doesn't slap anybody. Shades of airplane, but he should. He gets Deadshot to open his eyes, and Deadshot goes, I did it. I killed the bat. El Diablo's like, hey, you don't want that. Harley Quinn's awake now, and she goes, I want that. And I kind of, that was kind of good. 
Because, you know, Harley Quinn would want Batman dead. Now, I almost fell for it again, folks. Because Enchantress sees that El Diablo will not fall for her ruse when everyone else has. And she says to El Diablo, How long have you had the sight? And I'm like, the sight? Is he really like, oh, does he does he have powers he doesn't even know about? Is this a sort of DC Comics lore I should get excited for? Oh, don't fall for it. And then the Enchantress says, The emergence of the metahumans is a sign. It is time to usher in a new stage of magic. And again, I'm like, oh, Johnny, don't fall for it. This might be fine in the pages of your favorite comic book, but it's not going to work in this movie. Sure enough, Incubus attacks, and I immediately go back to my normal levels of realizing this movie is dog shit. Because when Incubus attacks, every one of the Suicide Squad members, including Rick Flagg, is like, oh my god, what's that? Who's that guy? And it's like, motherfuckers, the only plan you fucking made was to have Killer Croc and the boys blow up the bomb underwater, underneath the big guy! You said it! You said it! That's like the script forgot that they, they knew who Incubus... Oh, they fight. Everybody fights. It's a big old mess. Incubus looks like shit. Finally... Flag gets on the comms and he's like, GQ, are you in position? And the fucking Scott Eastwood actor that plays JQ is like, GQ is like, oh my god, they said my name, thank god. But the bomb's not ready yet. El Diablo has been fighting, shooting fire, but everybody's down and he says, I won't lose another family! <laughs> and I'm just like, whoa, Diablo, slow down, okay? This is really a couple of hours walking through Midway City and this is your family. Like, I've had fun on field trips, you know. I've met some people, you know, there are some people I've had to do work activities with that were decent enough to kill a couple of hours with, but family? Slow your roll. He then yells, let me show you what I really am. And ladies and gentlemen, I know a lot of you listening to this listen to my wrestling content, so you're familiar with wrestling. Y'all remember... That WrestleMania where Rey Mysteric, or Rey Mysterio Jr., won the World Heavyweight title. I think it was 22, and he came out wearing that headdress, which is fine. Imagine Rey Mysterio wearing that headdress. is 10 feet tall. He's got skinny legs, skinny arms, and he's on fire. And, ladies and gentlemen, that's what El Diablo turns into. Uh, he's now just as big as Incubus, and he yells, It's on, bitch! And folks, they have a really bad CGI fight. GQ radios in position that the bomb is ready to go. Flag yells, Diablo, drive him into the corner. And I don't know why I wrote that down. It just really made me laugh when he yelled it. Enchantress continues to not pay attention and dance. Incubus is in position to be blown to holy hell. But El Diablo is still there. Blow it, he yells. And sure enough, GQ detonates the bomb. I think GQ also kills himself. But folks, that's a wrap on Incubus, El Diablo, and GQ, I think, because they all dead. Enchantress is pissed that her brother is dead, but it's too late because her machine is complete. Conveniently. As, and she activates it. And, and what this machine does, because remember, she said they worship machines now, so I'm going to kill machines. She, like, destroys satellites, and, like, the cities around the globe go dark, and she starts atta attacking, like, secret military bases. We know this because we cut back to David Harbour from Stranger Things and Part 1, 
And he's like, how does she know to attack that? It's a secret facility. And we see that Amanda Waller is basically plugged into Enchantress's machine. There's, like, wires and everything. It's, like, sucking her brain so they know where all the secrets are, I guess. Flag springs into action with a new plan. We gotta cut her heart out. Upon hearing this, the dancing Enchantress with the headdress and the armor morphs back into the regular Enchantress, the one from the beginning of the movie that's, like, covered in ash and mud and soot, the one wearing the diaper. Suddenly, all the lighting goes out where the fight's been, and we have a massive fight between all the members of the Suicide Squad and the Enchantress. But remember, the lights went out, so it's really a fight between the stunt doubles of the Suicide Squad and the stunt doubles of the Enchantress. Uh, Enchantress decides to disappear after fighting everybody, uh, but she reappears instantly with two swords, and hey, I'll be the first to admit, Having two of the same weapon in a movie is always cooler than having just one of a weapon. So I'm going to allow it. More stunt double fighting. Hey! Killer Croc is alive. He crawls out of the sewer. Deadshot saves Rick Flag. Deadshot saves Captain Boomerang. And then Killer Croc saves Deadshot. And we all line up and pose at the same time and reset the fight so we can use that shot in the trailer. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so pretty. It's so annoying. Anywho, Enchantress swipes everybody's weapons away by waving her hand, and she's like, Enough! She then says, Of all who have faced me, you have earned mercy. Which I will admit is close enough to the old, You know, we're not so different, you and I, that I expect from these types of movies. She offers the Suicide Squad one more chance to join her or they die. Harley's like, you know, I'm not much of a joiner, but maybe we should. Deadshot's all like, hey, Harley, I'm your movie boyfriend. No, I said don't do it. Hey, ladies, I I lost my pudding, but you can get him back for me, right? I can, my dear. You need only bow and serve beneath my feet. I like what you're selling, lady. But there's just one teeny problem. Harley Quinn kneels. We see that she's kneeled right by Katana's sword. You messed with my friends. Harley grabs the sword. She swipes upward, splitting the chest cavity of the Enchantress. And then, shades of Hulk Hogan in the Temple of Doom, Harley Quinn rips out the heart of the Enchantress. I don't know why we need Rick Flagg to yell, Her heart's out! We can end this! We, we know, Rick. We've been watching the movie. At this moment, Colonel Rick Flagg gives Killer Croc a ridiculous-looking TNT bomb. Like, it sticks a TNT with wires attached to it. There might have been a ticking alarm clock. I'm not sure I didn't rewind. Uh, he, uh... Deadshot's like, Harley! Harley Quinn, in slow motion, tosses Deadshot her gun. As she tosses it in slow motion, there's some water flying. For dramatic purposes. Deadshot catches the gun. Slowly. He cocks the gun. Slowly. Killer Croc tosses the bomb towards the Enchantress's machine, but he does it all so slowly. Deadshot aims slowly. Enchantress sees the bomb, 
and slowly watches it with her eyes. At this moment, Deadshot hears the word of his daughter. She repeats what she said earlier when he was fighting Batman. Please don't do it, Daddy. We can't be together if you pull the trigger. Deadshot is conflicted. He yells in slow motion. Now at this point, Deadshot's daughter is standing in front of him, like a vision of her. And Deadshot's aiming towards her, but she's below him. Which, I'm just trying to paint a picture, because here's why. This movie has claimed for its entire, almost two-hour lifespan that it's from the streets. If this movie was really from the streets, as it wants us to believe, Deadshot's daughter would be standing right in front of him with her head to the barrel of the gun, and Deadshot would have to shoot his daughter to shoot the bomb to blow up Enchantress's bomb. Of course, Deadshot would have to realize it's the vision of his daughter. But Deadshot would have to make the sacrifice, and Deadshot would have to sort of kill his own daughter to save the day. But this movie ain't from the streets! And Deadshot doesn't have to do that. He fires, he hits the bomb, the machine explodes, the beam of light that was in the sky disappears. Rick, Rick Flagg hugs Deadshot like, Oh my god, man, thank you so much! Will Smith's like, I don't do hugs. The Enchantress, though, is still alive. And holy shit, without all the CGI nonsense that surrounded her, she like this poor actress looks like a buffoon in this outfit. She should be embarrassed wearing this diaper. And she's covered in mud. It's just, I'm sorry. She begs Katana for death, and Rick Flagg's like, Katana, no, I thought you had my back. Rick Flagg has Enchantress's heart. Bring back June. Never. I swear, if you don't bring back June, I'm going to squeeze this heart and kill you. You don't have the balls. Sure enough, Rick Flagg squeezes the heart, and Enchantress is dead. It's over. We all sort of look away into nothingness. Rick Flagg walks away sad. But wait! Wait! Enchantress's skin peels off, and the real June Moon was underneath the entire time! Shades of the original Ghostbusters! When Louis Tully breaks out of the fucking dog statue, he's like, Hey! Is anybody gonna turn on a light? Oh, this is gross. Enchant- or Dr. June Moon kisses Rick Flagg, but she still has all this mud on her. And they deliver maybe the worst line in cinematic history. I thought I killed you. I thought I killed you. <laughs> so bad. Uh, I should mention, uh, Dr. June Moon will not appear in the sequel or even be mentioned, even though Rick Flagg is front and center as, like, main character number two. Well, the day's been saved. Killer Croc is like, I'm going back to the sewer. Deadshot's like, I got business in Gotham City. Harley says, I'm going to hotwire a car. You need a lift? Wait, though. Amanda Waller is still alive, and she still has the killer app on her phone. Uh, she does tell the Suicide Squad thank you, so she's not a total bitch. Uh, she's going to give them 10 years off their sentence. Deadshot's like, I know. Uh-uh. I get to see my daughter. And Waller's like, okay, sure. Well, okay, she's not too bad. She even asks if the Suicide Squad has any other requests. Harley wants an espresso machine. Done. Uh, Killer Croc would like access to BET television. <laughs> Fine. Captain Boomerang's like, fuck you, I'm leaving. Waller makes her phone beep, and Captain Boomerang backs off. I mean, just do it. 
that's a great way to have this end and showing that Waller is a hard ass. Have Captain Boomerang be like, nah, I'm leaving. And she just presses the button and his head explodes. I mean, I, and I like Captain Boomerang. Sometime later in sunny Gotham City, Deadshot is visiting his daughter in her apartment and he's teaching her geometry uh, by explaining how to kill people using different angles to bounce bullets off of. I mean, it's okay, it's fine. Time's up, though, and it's time to go back to prison. Rick Flagg is here, though, to make sure that it's done in a way that's not dehumanizing. And he, you know, there's a nice, tender, quiet moment between Deadshot and his daughter. And look, here's the thing. I get it. But this is way too easy. And so it just comes off as lame and cheesy. Okay? Back at the prison, it's time for one more sick needle drop as Bohemian Rhapsody plays. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? <laughs> Was, you know what? This song is actually pretty expensive. So I think, okay, we'll just go with this one. What do you know? You actually earned one. In prison, Harley Quinn has her espresso machine. Killer Croc is smiling, watching large asses shake on BET television. Captain Boomerang is screaming in his cell. Deadshot has all the letters that his daughter wrote him. He's still punching his punching bag, but at the very end, he stops and hugs his punching bag. And folks, that is going to wrap up this edition of... Oh my God, there's an explosion! There is an explosion in Harley Quinn's cell. A SWAT team emerges from the blown hole and starts executing prison guards. Hey, I'm starting to think that might not be an actual SWAT team. It's not! It's the Joker's gang! The Joker is here! Put in! She yells. Joker hugs Harley Quinn, spikes the camera, and says, Let's go home. I'm a friend of heathens, take it slow. Heathens by 21 Pilots jumps in. Was One Step Closer by Linkin Park just a little too expensive? And the credits finally fucking roll. Midway through the credits, Amanda Waller asks a man in a business suit to protect her because people are starting to learn the truth about what happened in Midway City. The camera pulls out, and sure enough, it's Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne! He promises to protect her if the information she gives him is good. And so Amanda Waller hands him a folder with dossiers on Barry Allen, Arthur Curry, Victor Stone... And if you want to know what that's all about, you should just watch Justice League. Or Zack Snyder's Justice League. Don't you dare watch Justice League. Affleck warns Amanda Waller to shut down the Suicide Squad. Or me and my friends are going to do it for you. As this goddamn fucking movie finally ends. Oh, Jesus Christ. There, I, You know, I'm sorry, guys. This episode... Now, I'm not saying any of my shit's funny. But I am copied to the fact that I know... That this Suicide Squad Part 2 episode was not nearly as good as Part 1. And I'm not saying Part 1 was good, but I just... The back half of this movie is just walking and punching and bad shit. Like, there is nothing good. I'm sorry. I apologize. Is this movie... Ju- oh, yeah, this movie's junk. This movie's bad. I love DC Comics. I unapologetically love most of the shit that DC has done cinematically since Man of Steel. I mean, not all of it. Okay, um, but if 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 the, if Suicide Squad interests you, watch the sequel with John Cena. 
It's so much better. Like, it's night and day. And I'm not like a James Gunn massive fanboy, but it's it's night and day. The Suicide Squad should not take itself seriously. And I'm not saying it should be a joke, but it's it's so not important that if you're not having fun while watching it, what the fuck is the point? Okay, you cannot be the Justice League. You cannot be Zack Snyder light. Uh, you just can't do this. Not because that other shit's holy. It's just know the tone. Thor didn't figure it out until the third one. Like, it's hard for us to take Thor seriously, I guess, as a viewing public. So, lighten up a little bit. Lighten up! And this Jared Leto Joker could just suck a bag of dicks. That was really mean. You know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. I hate, I hate the Jared Leto Joker. And there's nothing wrong with sucking a dick, but a bag of dicks is probably a lot to have to deal with. So, that's where the punishment part comes into play. And speaking of punishments, sometimes listening to content of a podcast nature can be punishing, but not when it comes to the new TNN. Make sure you subscribe, like, all that fun stuff, you know, so you get notified when new content drops. And uh, if you're partaking in American Independence Day, if you live here in the States, have a good one and try not to blow off any of your appendages. And whatever you do, don't watch Suicide Squad. I'm Johnny C, and a winner is you.